Hey, I'm here. You're here. Let's talk about it. What is the soul? What is the essence of the soul? What do people mean when they talk about the soul? This is something that has kind of come up frequently in recent conversations. Talking to friends, talking to family, people wanting to have a conversation about what it means to connect with the soul and how do we define the soul. The reality is this is not a simple subject and it's not really even an easy topic to talk about. I mean, where do we draw the line between what we imagine the soul to be and what we can experience the soul to be? It's one of those things that has been ever elusive throughout humanity and there have been any number, perhaps infinite interpretations of what the soul is and different lineages and traditions and religions that seek to explain the soul, the essence of the soul. And all of these things are enriching to humanity. If they were not, then we would not have the mass followings. We wouldn't have um, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam. We wouldn't have these coordinated coming together, these coordinated communities where people are like-minded, they're sharing in an experience. And it, I believe that it could be said, you know, really the evidence speaks for itself that every human being is born, our soul is born craving that intimate connection and also the passionate self-expression of individuality. And so our soul longs to connect with something bigger than our self or our concept of self. And we look to do that in community and in churches and in synagogues and in, in these areas where we can be intimate and we can be open and we can be raw. And that's the idea. And then the kind of coming with that is this idea that we can have access to a higher power, that there there is some God or some essence of divine divinity that we can relate to or have a relationship with, that we can communicate with something that kind of is beyond the grasp of our mind. We can communicate with our heart. We can sense and feel what is true and real. And it is undeniable. I mean, it's readily observable throughout humanity, throughout all the different traditions and lineages. This is something that people really do long for and will perpetually and continually seek. And yet there is kind of this emerging dissatisfaction with the kind of the standard traditional religious model that the the traditional gatekeepers of wisdom, those who would uh, pretend or would present themselves as the bearers of divine knowledge, that these are the, the humans that have it all figured out. And they're going to let you in on a little bit of secret, uh, a little bit of access to the divine if you come to their shrine or you come to their church or you come to their synagogue. And People have been willing to do this for, you know, the history of humanity. We've come and and paid our tithes and paid our penance and order in order to, we believed it was necessary in order to 
have that access or have that relationship. And then more recently in religious history, then there's the, you know, that you can talk to God anywhere. And that was kind of like an aha moment, right? Really, wow. I think that most human beings know that innately, you know, if we've been conditioned to believe otherwise, then it can come a little bit of as a shock. But for anybody that's just walked out in nature and stood in the majesty and the splendor of nature and went, wow, what could be more beautiful? That is divinity. That is the face of God. And that is pure and real. And we could call it religious experience, but I think that, you know, that it's important at this point to make the distinction, you know, religious being a a conceptual construct versus a spiritual experience. And in contrast, the spiritual experience is just a raw human experience. It is the thing that anybody and anybody can sense and feel without the need for interpretation and without the need to have somebody explaining to them what's going on. We can know it. We can, we can feel it. And that is where we can connect with the truth, the truth that is unassailable, the truth that is irrefutable, the things that we can know that no person, no clergy, no pastor, no clerk, no Iman, nobody can tell us otherwise because we have experienced it for ourselves in our own human heart. We have connected with that divine moment, perhaps in nature, perhaps through music or lost in dance, perhaps in our own personal and unique way. And maybe just perhaps it doesn't look like anybody else's experience of the divine, or maybe it is similar and maybe we do have some uh, some sense of community or we're connecting in a group worship environment. And maybe that's singing praises in a church, or maybe that's chanting in a yoga studio or in a, you know, in a commune somewhere, you know, it doesn't matter where so much at this point as that we can acknowledge this does in fact happen. And with that, acknowledgement, realizing if we don't have that connection, if we're not connecting with the divine on a regular basis, then there's some element or some essence of life that we're missing. And we might busy ourselves pursuing a career path or pursuing, you know, more material possessions or whatever, you know, pursuing a new religious experience even. But if we do not have that sense of connection, then we're left lacking, we're left wanting, we're left feeling incomplete and unfull, unwhole. And that is the driving force, I suppose, you know, uh, that keeps people coming back, you know, going back to church, going back to the synagogue, going back to those spiritual communities where they can connect. Now, the beauty of life is really that the the soul longing to connect with something is is a great indicator of the possibilities you know one there's the the awareness you know once we can become aware and acknowledge okay i have this craving in my soul to connect then we can begin to kind of evaluate how we go about that connection. You know, where are we seeking to connect with divinity? Where are we seeking that intimate connection? 
with something bigger than ourselves. And this we'll dig into a lot more in, in future podcasts, but the, you know, the idea that we have to seek outside of ourselves is, is something really worth questioning. You know, what is the soul then that becomes the primary question? You know, what is this part of me that's longing to connect? What is this part of me that is able to become aware of my own thoughts and be aware of my own actions. What is self-awareness? And where does this faculty reside? You know, is it in the gray matter between the ears? You know, is it a brain function? This mind? Yeah. Or perhaps, as we might intuitively know, and science has really come along to say, you know, is it a heart function? Is is our intuitive sense of knowing a heart issue or even a gut issue? And there's a lot of really neat, interesting science coming out right now that talks about the neurons in the heart and the neurons in the gut and the intelligence of these areas that we don't traditionally connect with thinking parts of our body. We think that we do all of our thinking in our mind, and indeed, we do a great deal of thinking in our mind, but that does not mean that we are not, you know, able to perceive or sense or even really think, you know, in a, in a little bit different sense of the word think, in our hearts. And different religious, you know, texts, you know, scriptures, the Bible, for example, says, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, you know, and this is, this is really interesting, you know, that the real true who we are, our self-identity is what we think in our heart. And that's kind of the way I like to look at it is like our head is like the conscious level, you know, our cognitive thought process is most of the thinking we associate with mental. And then below that there, we, you know, there's an undeniable subconscious field of thought. There's all these things that are going on uh, below the surface of what we're aware of for the most part. And if you can kind of visualize that from the head sinking down, or below, we sink down into the heart and the subconscious mind is really, you know, maybe at the brain stem or at the root of the brain at the most primitive part of our brain, but it really does connect to the heart. It is this awareness in the heart that we have the capacity to think, that we have choices to make, that we have life to live, that we have, um, we have all the sensory input you know, we've got our, our sense of smell and our sense of taste and our, and our sight and our hearing and our touching. You know, we can feel the wind, we can feel the breeze. And it's in the heart that we kind of try to make sense of why all of these things. You know, the brain, we can spend a lot of time thinking about things there, but I submit for your consideration the, the thought that, you know, what we think in our mind is fundamentally small. We are born into a world of conditions. And from the time we're young, before we're even able to think for ourselves, we're being conditioned to see things and think things a certain way. And so we develop a perspective. And it is through the lens of perspective that we begin to frame the rest of our experience. And so the thoughts that we have at the mental or the cognitive level are really highly filtered, highly kind of refined in 
or through, maybe I should say not in, but in through, they are really refined through a filter that distorts reality. And an analogy I like to use like that, you know, you can look out the window or look outside and say, hey, look, there's a tree and somebody else say, oh yeah, nice tree. But are we looking at the same thing? And if we turn and look at a different tree, is it, you know, is that a tree too? We're calling all these things trees, but we're not, you know, that 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 is just a gross generalization. Each tree is absolutely unique and different. And as a matter of fact, if I'm looking at a tree and I say, look at that tree and you look at a tree and say, look at that tree, you know, we're not even seeing the same thing. I might be looking at the branch that's hanging off to the left that has leaves on it. You might be looking at the bark and where it goes into the dirt. And so that's just a real simple example of how small or how narrow our perspective at the mental cognitive level is. And I do believe that has, you know, that's an evolutionary thing. We have to, you know, the, the, the amount of stimulus that we take in that has to be, you know, processed and filtered so that we can form some concept uh, or perception of reality is, it's necessary. And yet it's limiting. And so when we begin to talk about concepts of the soul, we need to do so with within, you know, within that parameter, understanding that anything that we're talking about at the head level or any point at time where we want to, you know, debate or throw stones at each other, it's, it, we're arguing over concepts that are, are fundamentally flawed. They're built upon these precepts behind, uh, these presuppositions upon these conditions that are in fact a distorted interpretation of reality. And so I, like to, and I invite the conversation, you know, I'd like to take the conversation in the direction of what is real. And particularly when we're talking about the essence of the soul, what is real in, in the realest sense? What part of us you know, is real? Is it what part of what we think about ourselves is based on unfiltered reality on existential human experience. And there are wonderful texts and, you know, historical traditions, uh, particularly the tradition of yoga, you know, some Buddhism and Taoism that have really done a lot to develop um, a path by which we can begin to scrape away some of the illusion or separate ourselves from some of the illusion so that we can begin to see clearly the essence of our of our internal goings on you know begin to see clearly the essence and nature of the soul without the filters and so we'll be talking about that more in future podcasts but again today what is the soul you know it is this fundamental awareness that catalyzes every aspect and element of our life without the awareness that we were alive you know we would not be able to function so the source of this awareness i'm stating is in fact the soul and this fundamental source of awareness this soul inside of us is longing and seeking to connect with the greater awareness or the source of this awareness. And so you might say the soul is longing to connect with God, but God is kind of a concept that gets, uh, 
bantered around a lot and beat up a lot and I think is for the most part unnecessary to invoke in the conversation. You know, we long to connect with the divine. I prefer that term because it doesn't necessarily come with all the connotation of religious interpretation. And so, you know, for some people, the divine might be the presence of Jesus. For some people, the divine might be Shiva or Ishvara, you know, for, for others, it might be any number of things. And so, um, for some, the divine might be Allah and what is true in each instance is that we're trying to connect with something divine. It's the most grand, the most majestic, the most holy, the most pure, the most um, fundamentally fantastic concept that we can conceive of. And again, you know, that concept that we conceive of is the ceiling of our thought. We cannot think or comprehend beyond what we can imagine. For example, you know, um, we can't escape the limitations of the human cognitive function, right? We're, we're always seen through our lenses. We're always framing things with the conditioned perspective. And just understanding that and accepting that is is huge in building or fostering mutual respect or respecting or acknowledging that people see it differently. And I can understand why, because they've had an entirely different uh, set of precepts or, you know, conditioned perspective, entirely different altogether, you know, fundamentally at odds at times. And so it would be kind of silly to think that we could see things the same way if we do not, you know, if we're not looking through the same lens or, you know, framing things in the same perspective. So keeping that in mind is important. And and acknowledging that it is a fundamental human urge to connect and crave the soul, you know, this essence of awareness is, is seeking that connection. That is, that's a big, um, a big thing. It's a big part of being a human being and no human's life is complete without that. We can, again, pretend and chase and try to find satisfaction in all of these external things. But if the heart and the soul are not satisfied, then we're left hungry and craving and we'll seek that connection. And so with this conversation that's going to begin to unfold here, these soul talks, I'd like to call it, uh, it's, it's providing a context for conversation one, but also a place that we can connect through conversation to that element of divine. We can, we can kind of build ourselves up toward connecting with that one thing that we all crave and long for. And as long as we're real and transparent, uh, with ourselves and with each other, then it can become, um, an excellent community, a forum wherein we can bounce ideas and elevate our awareness to, to that natural essence and come each in and of our own, come to our conclusions uh, as to how we want to define the divine and how we choose to connect with the divine, which perhaps is the most important thing. And later down the line, we'll get into things like passion and expression of the soul, what it means to connect the head with the heart and live a life of passion, um, a life of purpose that is deep and connected with that sense of self 
that rests squarely on our concept of soul. So with that, I think I'll go ahead and call it a day here. We'll try to keep these podcasts to 20, 25 minutes in that realm, make them digestible chunks. And I invite dialogue. So anywhere, anytime you got questions, you know, drop me an email, uh, go to the forums and, and type a question there. Let's have a conversation. Let's use this as an opportunity to kind of leverage our group intellect, you know, our group insight and, and really edify humanity you know let's 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 get beyond beating each other up for differences and begin building each other up on our shared and common humanity so with that the light and soul in me honor the light and soul in you this is a yoga term namaste thank you i honor your presence and i hope that you have a wonderful day peace and blessings until we meet again